right, Michael, we're going in deep. All right, what do you want to get rid of? I went last week, you go oh. first this week. Um, hey, uh, oh, uh, where here? I'm here. I'm with us. You're on the spot. <laughs> um, I, I am having like the weird deja vu thing or like where I just am, we've been doing this for so long now that I don't know if I've already said things. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it is because of my contacts. I don't know. But I have consistently incredibly red eyes and... I don't and ever I don't smoke weed all the time. Uh, they're just red all the time, and it makes it look like I'm either like really tired, and sometimes like I am, but really, not really more really than mellow. other people, or just really mellow. Um, a friend, and I want to I want to understand why. Probably I just need to get new contacts, but I also don't have vision insurance, so that's not going to happen. Um, Support Medicare for all. Uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hashtag twenty twenty. Um, I so I want to I want to understand that and get rid of it. And also, my a friend of mine uses like little eyeball whitener drops, um, which freaked me out. But then I was like, uh, yeah. So I had been using them too, and they worked really well. But then it freaked me out, and it's kind of expensive, so I stopped buying them. Eyeball. Whitener. Well, they're they're like you know buy like Bausch and Loam, like a, an eye care company. Okay, you, you'd be familiar if you were a contact wearer. So yeah, okay, great. I Hashtag twenty twenty again. Uh, hey, um, but uh, yeah, and you know I googled them. I googled the drops before buying them just in case there was some crazy warning of like all these people have gone blind. Right. You know, which in which case also they hopefully yeah. wouldn't be on the shelves. Um, but they made my eyeballs real white, but also made them feel really like really dry, Ugh. kind of. Um, but they looked real white, which is interesting because I would consider. I mean, odds are a red eye is a dry eye. But yeah, got no, white I know. Dry eyes. Well, because and I think it's because of whatever the whatever chemical I put on my eye right. balls. Well, maybe because uh, even I imagine the red is attempting to like fight the dryness. Mm. Or like fight whatever irritation is being caused by the dryness, and mm. then perhaps mm. the drop is just making your eye not fight the dryness. So then, right, it's just making it give in. Dry. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's very possible. Um, but yeah, it's a little pink. What you you get some pink in the eye? Yeah, but not. Pink but eye. I don't have pink eye. No, no, no. It's not nope. gunky. Ugh, what a word. No. Anyways. Anyway, so now do you want to get rid of the white eye? You want to get rid of the red eye, or you want to get rid of the not knowing why you got the red eye? All, all of it. I just want clear, die. clear eyeballs. That's all I want. So whoever right. that has to, yeah. whatever has to be gotten rid of or brought in to make that happen, I want it to happen. It's not funny, but the second you Thank said you. You clear eyeballs, I just no wait for it. <laughs> uh, I, all I could think of were those Ben Stein ads for like the clear eyes. Uh, see, Is it's it, not funny. W- so is it a drop? Clear with eyes. What is Remember, it? he would have oh. like the red beach ball, and then he would like wash it in a shower, and then it would like. What product what? are we? Clear t- eyes. What is that? Clear. Uh, it wasn't clear. Was it Visine or was is it, it a drop? You're talking about like an eye drop. It was an eye drop. Okay. He was the well, you person to... for an oh, eye drop coming. I, okay. Clear eyes. Get clear eyes with clear eyes. <laughs> I've been stuck. Like that was, I have the clear thing. Eyes. that was the thing. It was like a drone. It was oh, wow. a thing. I don't remember that, but maybe I should try some clear eyes. Maybe that would just do the trick. Yeah. Anyways, Moving how about you, Steven? <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
Have you ever seen, uh, have you seen the new Netflix release, the latest installment from the Duplass Brothers, Horse Girl? I've missed it. No. Have you seen any of the trailers for it? No. Oh, well, the trailers are wild. and like Wild horses? Wh- wild horse girls. Mm. Um, Alison Brie is in it, mm. who, anyone who loves love loves Alison Brie, <laughs> and she is just, like, she's fucking fantastic. Cool. She was doing Community and Mad Men at the same time. It's crazy. It's astonishing. Give her an Oscar. Um, I will. She doesn't really do any movies, but still. I will keep going. But so you want to? No, it's we're still in the the, the point of okay. the the point of this is that if a movie is heading towards a twist, the twist should never be aliens. Because spoiler, I spoiled it. The twist is yeah, aliens. Wow, it's not called Alien and, Girl. I wouldn't right. have known that. Like but you know what? Honestly, at the end of the movie, you might be wondering why it's called Horse Girl. Great. Yeah, I love All that right? when the title um, makes no sense. Yeah. It's, well, like there's, well, there are significant seeds led to say that, like, oh, this woman's got a connection with horses. Mm. But at the end, you're like, well, but but also none aliens. of those seeds were watered um, or significantly fertilized, and therefore I've got no horse plants. To understand why Mm-mm. this this horse, this horse and this girl make a horse girl, and then also like you think she's crazy, but then also she is convinced it's aliens, and then you're like, oh man, she's really crazy. What what's going on? Like, what is the twist? What are we gonna find out? And then we find out it is aliens. So it's like, oh, she's not crazy. What this is like? There aren't. If you're gonna make an alien movie, you have to like. Chekhov's gun it or something where it's like it, or no not even Chekhov's gun it because that implies a, a a hint of surprise at the end it's just if it's going to be about aliens it's just got to fucking be about aliens right if it's a twist maybe. to me no 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 know. no maybe they always have been before but who's to say that that's they haven't always had been before I'm talking about a movie which is not what I'm saying is no. the twist t- making the twist Oh, it's aliens, so all of the bizarre things that have been happened have been explained away in this one sure, thing. Sure. I mean, it's, it's like it's an alien ex machina waking up at the end and being like, yeah. "Oh, it was all a dream." Mm. Like how many times has that happened and how many times has it been good? Like I they end up, they the don't two know numbers the are not the same. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um okay, so no more alien twists. Right, no more alien twist, no more okay. waking, no more Fine. exactly, no, no more, more etx machina, and no, just no more machina, just no more machina. fucking build some shit into your story, yes, and make it work. Actually, we get one, uh, we get one instance of Deus ex machina that we get to allow. What? What? And that is adaptation. I didn't. I didn't see it. You didn't see adaptation? No, I don't think so. Anyway, that came out in the nineties. We're gonna have to do that as no. cool. Okay, Julie, did you see adaptation? Julie, don't don't you okay. shake your face. Well, anyways, we've talked about uh, so many movies. How about adaptation we talk about is such a good the, movie? Great. Then we'll do it as a special. So we'll we, talk about it, it then. Must, must do it as a special. Oh, okay. Must. Although, I'm writing it down. Yeah. It's the best movie to come out since Deer Hunter. So maybe I'll just do this one on my yeah, own again. You, yeah, go for it. I don't really. All right, let's jump in. Let's jump in. 
Welcome to, welcome, welcome to Should We Keep This, the cultural review podcast that doesn't want to wait for our lives to be over. You know it. Uh. You love it. How would you live without it if it ever goes? And it seems to me it's lived its life like a candle in the wind, never knowing if the boy is mine. We go through the past 50 years of music, TV, and film, challenging your nostalgia and feeling a little poke coming through on you to get at the question... What? <laughs> you say a little poke coming through on you? Is that a song? Is that two songs from this year that you've... Okay. One song. Poke coming through on you? That is that is from the number one song of 1998. Called Poke Coming Through On You? Uh, too Close by the band Next. Uh, you, you're grinding so close not. to me. I feel a little poke coming through. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, my yeah, goodness. So I don't remember that song. Uh, baby, I, I want to take it nice and slow because I'm still the one you dream of, Stephen Moskis. And you are close to me. You're like my mother. Close to me. You're like my father. Close to me. You're like my brother. Close to me. You're like my sister. And you are. <laughs> I don't know when it's my line. I'm Gina Stevenson. <laughs> And I want to stand by you on a mountain. Adaptations to I want to bathe with you in the sea, but not right now because today we're talking about Armageddon and Shakespeare in Love. Yes, we the are. The top grossing film and best picture winner, respectively, of the year 1998. Wow. Thank you for that sweet, sweet intro. Um, I am impressed and I love you. Um, okay. So 1998. Yes. Here we are. This is as. Steven said last week, um, the year of Ben Affleck, Affleck, <laughs> Ben Affleck, <laughs> sorry, that's not funny, uh, the year of Ben Affleck, but also because that's some low-hanging fruit, um, I would say this is the year of women as muses, which okay. applies to Armageddon as well, okay, okay, um, because because the, the asteroid's named Dottie? No, well, that too, for sure, um, no, but because Grace is the, the daughter of you know, is the That's reason true. that they do what they do. Right. Um, My daughter, Grace, <clears throat> we're all fathered her, and she's better than any of us, and I'd be and damned she's if hot, she'd marry And she's goddamn hot, too. And she's goddamn okay, hot. Okay, anyways, but Raised first. Raised her in the South China Sea, so she always dresses in vague, yeah. vague chinois attire. Yes. Um, Chinoiserie, as they would say around in the turn of the There we have the pretentious one for the day. Okay, Um, let's start with Shakespeare in Love. Why not? Why not? Okay, so this is the Best Picture winner of 1998. Um, All right, here's the sweet, sweet synopsis. This is set in 1593, London, uh, and it's a fictional take on the early career and life and love of William Shakespeare. Ever heard of him? Probably not. He's got writer's block. He's desperate for love and amuse, and he's been paid in advance for a play he hasn't written yet called Romeo and Ethel, the Pirate's Daughter. That's where we sort of set our scene in the beginning of the movie. Uh, meanwhile, we meet Viola de Lesseps, who's a daughter of a wealthy merchant. She loves the theater, and when she learns about um, auditions for this new, as yet unwritten Shakespeare play, she dresses herself like a boy, calls herself Thomas Kent, and auditions. And Will himself sees her audition and thinks she's the best, uh, gives her the part of Romeo. Uh, but then behind the boy clothes, Viola, as the girl Viola, uh, she learns that her parents have agreed to marry her off to an impoverished aristocrat named Lord Wessex. Mm-hmm. But um, Viola meets 
Will Shakespeare. Uh, again, no disguise for either of them. Um, at a ball that her family is hosting, and they fall in love. Um, they begin rehearsals for the play, which Will writes ferociously, inspired by his romance with Viola. The play, of course, becomes Romeo and Juliet. We lose Ethel and all the pirates. Um, Viola's disguise is found out, though, and the theater is closed down because it's lewd and illegal to have a woman perform on stage. But the owner of a rival theater offers to host the play in a act of coming together um, for theater, for thespians the world over. Um, Viola is married to Wessex, but she sneaks off to see the performance right after the marriage ceremony and ends up playing Juliet opposite Will's Romeo because the actor who was supposed to play Juliet has suddenly this day reached puberty and his voice has dropped too low to play the part. Uh, the play goes very beautifully, but then of course Viola must leave with Wessex uh, for Virginia, the new world. Uh, but before leaving, Viola gives Will the idea for Twelfth Night. That's kind of the plot. There's a lot. That no, happens, that's basically you know. the plot. Um, and if you all all of the things that are not uh, that weren't filled in there mm -hmm. are uh, just taken as little Easter eggs from the canon of Shakespeare. True. So just, right. So or there lots of like winks at the context. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which what's your name, boy? John Webster. Mm -hmm. Yep. But then uh, yeah, so. This movie uh, made uh, it was made for twenty five million. It was it made two hundred and ninety. This is it was nominated for director, supporting actor, cinematography, film editing, sound, and makeup. I, I drank a kombucha. This is gonna kill me. You burping? I it's fighting its way out. Mm -hmm. Now it won for picture, actress, supporting actress. Art direction, costume design, original score, and original screenplay. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the screenplay was written by bah, 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 Tom Stoppard. Stoppard. Uh, and someone else, right? Didn't they and somebody write? else, but, but, it but was, Tom we're not going to talk about Come it. On, it was, yeah, it was yeah, written yeah, by yeah. Tom Stoppard. Yeah. Let's be real. Let's be real. Um, now, this, how, the, you know, I struggle on how I'm going to deliver all this information because uh, this was the first comedy to win since. Annie Hall, mm. and there was much outrage for the fact that it won and not Saving Private Ryan. Oh, um, oh wow! Which I would that argue wow. both films are just like big. I mean, the idea of like a war movie set in like a World War Two movie, yeah, being like up for Oscar contention, like that just doesn't. It doesn't doesn't surprise me or impress me either. It seems like they're both equally awards baity, and there's not really like mm. a discernible merit difference between the two. But apparently, it's like still very controversial, and many academic members of the academy um, mm. would call would say like consider it a mistake to have given this film the award over Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Um, and many to many feel that it it was because of the. Vigorous awards campaign and strong arming of a particular film associate to whom we will mm. get. Um, do we have to? Yeah, we do. The director, John Madden, is best known. Uh, prior to this, he was. Prior to this, he directed radio adaptations of Star Wars. Oh. Which I thought was fun. Cool. But uh, he, he's done a number of films, but the, the other films that he's done that have been hits are the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel franchise. Mm hmm. Then this this has a, a number of 
British actors who are sort of pre-American fame. Tom Wilkinson, Jim Carter, who plays a nurse who's later in Downton Abbey. Uh, Judy Dench, even though she's like been around in, in British stage and film forever, it was... Uh, it was one year after she did a masterpiece classics film that the producer of this film uh, decided needed a theatrical release. He gave it a theatrical release, and then she won an Oscar the year before, and that like catapulted her into American fame. And she, you know, has remarked that uh, in a very uh, timeless statement, which she I'm sure would never ever take back. The, when she got her Oscar, that uh, this was all thanks to him and that uh, she would have his name tattooed on her bum. She said so, that in her oh, Oscar yeah. speech? Oh, yeah. So I'm sure she'd never he? take it back. You'll find out in um, a second. Then uh, for some people, some other people, it was post-fame for them. Uh, it had uh, Simon Callow, who we'd seen in Amadeus, Rupert Everett, Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush. And then the two people who are, like, at the peak of their fame and that are sort of made by this movie are one Gwyneth Paltrow, who (laughs) was in five movies this year, uh, five movies that came out, Great Expectations, Sliding Doors, A Perfect Murder, Hush, which I had never heard of, and this movie, Shakespeare in Love, and also Joseph Fiennes, brother to Rafe, who was also in this year, uh, Elizabeth. Um, Busy, so, busy year for our stars. Busy year for the stars and yeah. for at least Joseph Fiennes. Busiest year to date, probably. Oh. Um, I, I just don't really mm. know him from, from mm. too much. Um, mm. Also, no, not important. Uh, no, the uh, the producer in question was mm-hmm. a one Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you don't know... He has uh, gotten himself into a bit of hot water lately, and uh, I mean, what do, do we do? We recount the entire no, issue? no everybody. You know who he is. Audience? Let's yeah, not talk yeah, about him. Great. Um, so yeah, this was a this is a wine. This is a Miramax joint. He um, just took his imaginary <laughs> cigarette puff, but without missing a beat. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, do I, and I'm sure that he's going to come up as we move through the 90s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. et cetera. So. Imminent, uh, we don't surely the 2000s. Yeah. It, up, up to... I guess we're at the end of the 90s. 2016, right yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, um, let's vote. Oh, and obviously Ben Affleck is in oh, yes. both of them. Uh, yes, the of him. I wrote about this one second, so oh. I have more stuff about him in we'll Armageddon. Oh, um, great. So, yeah. Great. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Keep it. No. Oh. Go for it. So. Uh, <laughs> Finally, we disagree. So, yeah, I mean, to me, and I, and I, what sucks is I don't, um, I'm not filled with vehement passion, mm-hmm. unless you just are gonna throw down some crazy ass shit like uh, we should separate the art from the producer. But. Uh, are we about to? Because are you saying now every movie that Harvey Weinstein produced we have uh, to get rid no, of? No, I'm not saying that. Okay. Um, no, what I'm saying is that the big reason that I, I – I, so I just don't like uh, – I don't like dramatic irony that winks at the audience that makes the audience go, <laughs> oh, I know I – 
I get that joke. Like, I, I just, I feel like, especially with Shakespeare, there's so many, um, there's so many options, uh, like opportunities for, mm-hmm. like, pre- and I know that I know I'm one to talk, but pretentious back padding um, about like, like especially if if you get a joke, mm-hmm. people laugh at a lot of Shakespearean comedies not because the joke that was told was was funny. Odds are it's funny, but in many cases it's not told in a way that's funny. But a lot of people laugh. I see it all the time. They laugh not because it was funny, but because they knew it was coming and because they're like saying, oh, yes, I too know that this is a joke and I'm going to laugh to tell everyone else that I understand that this is a joke. And I feel like any, but I feel like Shakespeare's skull and his little mug that says Stratford upon Avon. And then when uh, he walks by the church and it's like, oh, you know, this this the priest is yelling about the Rose Theater, which by any other name would still be, you know, a vile place. And then, you know, a pl- the, there's two theater houses that have to come down and a plague on both of those houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. I was like, what? Ugh. what? Okay. I just I, I just, mean, I, I just I I. I hate that. I don't think it's quality. It happens so much in the world of Shakespeare, this sort of winking at the audience about in Shakespeare's things that they already writing, know. too. You're saying um, not in Shakespeare's writing. Well, although it does happen world. in Shakespeare's writing uh-huh. um, because he gives nods to other plays that he's written. Sure. But in Shakespeare productions, mm. a lot of times the audience when familiar with the play will derive a sense of enjoyment not from what's being given by the play but by the fact that it's like a mark of intelligence or sophistication to derive joy from a Shakespeare play and so like they do that as opposed to like really reacting to the play that they're seeing and then also in things that are about Shakespeare Mm -hmm they fill it with like all of this, all of these little cute things that make us go, Oh yes. And and that, I don't like it. I mean, I, well, I don't know that I follow what you're saying as far as like outside of this movie, like the stuff about Shakespeare and like in the plays and feeling, but to me, like the comedy of it in the movie, um, never, it's it's I mean like it we it's it moves along it's 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 inherent to what the movie is trying to be which is like uh, and I find some of them funny like I found a lot of them and then the ones that I'm like a little eye rolly about it just keeps moving beyond like the the skull there for example is like we see it for two seconds and there's not like a whole dramatic thing with it which would be really you know like extra annoying um, and I feel like it's you know this movie also I was thinking a lot as I was watching about like who the the audience of this movie and like it's really you know it's not I am also just like just to put I am not I don't know a lot about Shakespeare himself and like all the scholarly all the scholars about like Shakespeare's life and like I I don't even know that much about his I mean I've read a lot of his plays obviously but like don't feel like I know a ton about Shakespeare but um that like the uh the movie like makes 
everyday schmoes potentially like interested in Shakespeare in some way. You know what I mean? Because the references um, are the clearest to possibly ever get because they're all like Romeo and Juliet or a lot of them or like the skull, like all these iconic things. Um, and uh, yeah, and I mean the comedy of it, those don't, they just didn't bother me because they were, I thought pretty well executed to be totally honest. I mean, so maybe that's just, this is where it's kind of like the nebulous, the gray area of like, preference you know that like i don't know that that's something that yeah yeah this is kind of in the uh in the world of this podcast we can call it a return of the jedi um (laughs) where i feel like this is just not something that we need in the cultural canon and even though it's quality might not be it's definitely of of a high quality in terms of the making of the movie and obviously like tom stoppard is of the best playwrights of the 20th century (sighs) <sighs> fuck this movie like I, I i don't i i don't for more reasons than the the like predominantly that one stuff? i am I, I am what you know i do find i'm also irritated by like authorial questions when it comes to shakespeare i feel like the while shakespeare plays were i mean in a way now in like the past 10 years we have discovered more and more about how collaborative it was the how collaborative the playwriting environment was in elizabethan england however i feel like uh 25 years ago i feel like there's more the this idea of like christopher marlowe giving the um like the name for the name the for romeo premise, and yeah. like running running through the premise is a, like a wink at people who, you know, believe that Christopher Marlowe wrote all of Shakespeare's plays mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which again, b- uh, boring. The scene that I did but- think was was pretty great was everyone auditioning with the exact same Marlowe monologue. Yeah, that was funny. That was a fun dig at actors that I think that we have not really seen. <laughs> Uh, until and then we don't see again until you know think of it what you may uh, and I didn't care for it but in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the six year old girl's speech about method acting mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one of the h- most hilarious digs that Quentin Tarantino <laughs> takes mm-hmm. like just calling all people who talk like that like mm-hmm. hilarious pre-adolescent idiot yeah uh well i what was what you made a point a second uh, and then you skipped to that thing what were you just talking about before the audition scene authorial oh yeah yeah well so because to me this movie like my really my only problem with the movie actually is just that well i like the idea of viola potentially as a character and she is a potentially interesting female character she is entirely like a vessel for uh, adoration of Will Shakespeare, right. um, but like the, what I what you said about the authorial content, I actually like think this is. I really enjoyed the way that this movie like talk showed the writing process a little bit because I think like both seeing the ways that like all the the things you were mentioning of him passing the preacher and like hearing this line which he then took you know and then like speaking with this other writer who gave him this idea kind of like. A, 
And then the fact that the first draft, like, or the treat, the like idea, the pitch of the story sucks, you know, of like Romeo and Ethel, the pirate's daughter, and then like Good explaining night. what happens. Right. Uh, and how like, and then through the actual writing of the thing and the life experience, like it becomes so much better. I, I just like, I really personally just enjoyed all of that because it felt very uh, true. And, and, and I, and I don't think, and I'm sure it was a nod in some way of like somebody else wrote his plays or Christopher Marlowe wrote his plays, but also it was just sort of like, uh, yeah, that's what you do as a writer. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I enjoyed that. And I thought, you know, and I, my main, like, I also realized I have a lot of, I loved this movie when I was younger and I like bought the DVD when I was in my like twenties. So I was lo loving it for a long time. Um, so I'm like trying to put that aside, but I also certainly like know a lot of my own personal enjoyment memory is, is embedded in this, but I, um, I don't know. I just think that, I, it's, yeah, it's so fun, so hard to be like, what about it, aside from just the feeling of liking it, well, because I, you know I don't find, I, argue, I don't though, find problematic things. Is basically, generally speaking, what is the most important. Right, um, but for this, for the purposes of this, like, that's not what we're talking, know, what we I should know. be talking about. But I think it's like, yeah, I don't, the, the things that are, I don't find problematic things with it except for this thing about Viola but and also I think that actually the whole movie is really like is trying to is also a Shakespeare play and it's you know what I mean like it does things where it, like all the ways that the plot happens are very like from a Shakespeare play and unbelievable and sort of like you know I, and those things those are in ways that to me don't feel like nods but just feel like a somewhat people who love Shakespeare write this play you know like there's like unbelievable disguises and there's uh all the fights even the real fights are sort of feel like you're watching a stage fight you know and there are some moments of staging um like where it's not on the stage but where like the staging of the, the actors feels like sort of dramatic and like Forced, you know what I mean? Like this, the, the like actual balcony scene, there's all of these sort of like twirls away and like clutching of the heart, you know, even though they're not doing the play. So I just felt like, uh, I think that there's something interesting about the, the like the way that this is, was created to sort of feel like a Shakespeare play often can feel, but, um, but uh, trying to just make it super accessible to anyone in a way that I wonder if like people watched this movie and then were like felt felt like oh maybe I like Shakespeare you know what I mean and to me that's not a bad thing um and like the woman you know and Viola I it also even playing with like I don't know yeah she, she yeah she is just a vessel for him and like loves him um, but also, you know, like takes at least takes some action and like is not always being saved, you know, I don't know, in ways that are compelling. Um, Want to something kind of fun? Yeah, I do. This is the first uh, comedy mm. to win since Annie Hall. Mm -hmm. um, I heard you say that. And in many ways, uh, it kind of, it bears a lot of similarity with Annie Hall because like they have their real relationship at the end. He writes a play based on their relationship. This is basic Shakespearean love <laughs> is, in a way, Annie Hall, but you get to see more of the play. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So really, it, really an endorsement of this play is an endorsement. Oh, of, no, yeah. it is not. <laughs> get out of here. 
This is all the the. No, as a matter of fact, endorsing <laughs> this play uh, is a way of endorsing an Annie Hall. If all if you like all the things about Annie Hall, but you can't that are there to like, but hate all the things that are there to hate, like Shakespeare in love, oh, Shakespeare in love, Annie Hall, but without all that other stuff. <laughs> God. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it it could. You know, I am triggered by. I don't know. I, I guess this kind of subject matter. And I and I tried. Like I tried really hard to like. I took a long break <laughs> between I took a this long bath. and I took a long <laughs> bath before watching it. Just trying to settle mm-hmm. in. You know, I, you know, I used a vaporizer just Mm -hmm. to take Mm -hmm. some time breathing in a bath bomb, uh, saged Uh the room. But, um, I put a plastic bag over the smoke alarm so that when I cook, (laughs) it doesn't go off. Um, and yeah, I just, I just wasn't into it. I also hate movies that feel like they're awards bait. Now, I guess mm-hmm. I will I will throw um mm-hmm. myself under the uh hypocritical bus because the hypothetical hypocrite bus. <laughs> and because Take that hypocritical oath before um, you do. Were we talking about were we talking about um extra castily um about things in a foreign language getting the benefit of the doubt more so than things in English? Were we talking about? Oh, that? when we were, we, I think so. When we were just talk, we we're talking about watching foreign films and I having so. subtitles instead of yeah. dubbing. That we're like, oh, the acting is probably pretty good because we can't actually like follow the words if right. they're in a different language. Yeah, and and so there is a French movie uh-huh. that I love, but it's about Moliere, mm. and part of me wonders, oh, wait a minute, like. And do I give that movie a, a greater benefit of the doubt because, like, A, I'm less familiar with the subject matter, and mm-hmm. B, it's, like, in French, so it's, like, slightly mm-hmm. more obscured, the things that I don't like about it? Mm. Probably. Yeah. No, I mean, and I honestly, there are other things that I don't like about this. Like, so there's the Rosaline character who um, just is... Fucks just fucks a, anybody... Yeah. And I didn't like that they like. What I really didn't like was that they. There's more boob than we needed. Gwyneth Paltrow. That one where he like Lots throws of her off. Yeah. Of him, and he's yeah. like hurt. She's like hurt by it, as a, like it's like very clearly a matter of comedy. No. What? But, oh. Oh, I thought when when wait when the neck when the bracelet breaks. Yeah. No, she's. Oh, okay. Keep going. Well, no, they just like the idea of. She's sad uh, that the bracelet broke. Oh, she's sad the bracelet broke, but no, like, bef- like. She seems hurt. Hmm. She seems like physically hurt from being like thrown off of a bed. I mean, that would just hurt in general. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's meant to be a comedic moment, though. That's not a. I don't know. I disagree. Anyways, but yeah, no, but I don't. Yeah. I feel like in a Shakespearean sense, it's meant to actually both be <laughs> comedic and dramatic equally and simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I really, I don't like her, and it's true that. And like, so kind of all the, because of what I just said about it feeling Shakespearean, like it's also the other thing of like all the female characters are a sketch of a character. So she is like 
the the slutty one, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then Viola is the sort of pure one right. who also like, you know, dresses like a man and is is like daring but also still a sort of virtuous maid, right. and, you and know. It's like a a nod <laughs> to the fact that Romeo is pining for Rosalind at right, the beginning exactly. of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's true that, you know, and also, I mean, it probably is, I think that we probably actually, we probably should get rid of it um, because I think a lot of this is just my le- just feeling of enjoyment from being, from liking it for a long time and remember, remember, and like le- being swept away by the sort of Oscar baitiness of it. And because, uh, yeah, it's also like not even, I was talking to Quinn who knows far more about Shakespeare than I do um, about like... <clears throat> how much more interesting this movie could be if it was really about like who could have been like some of the women or the the characters who like mm-hmm. probably influenced his plays and what it would actually and like to actually take the stakes more seriously for Viola of like being this this double life and the pressure of that double life and like actually trying to and like the the, the dark lady or is that like the in yeah. Shakespeare's like who like was actually probably someone in the court but like like all of that could be so much more interesting if we like really, really, um, if it was really about those things, but this was really just about like her marriage and her love for this other guy. There's also Um, like another complication of one of the targets of the sonnets being likely like a young boy. boy. Yeah. So I feel like they also sort of send a nod to that while also being like, but don't worry. It's, it's a woman. A yeah, woman. right. No, it's true. Um, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, it's 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 very true. <laughs> also, I wonder, I, I'm, I'm always left, generally speaking, curious in this situation. Um, when you have a, a deeply sexist time. Mm-hmm. And so you, we see moments that are deeply deeply sexist Mm -hmm. because they're of the time Mm -hmm. do we and they're not really commented on because at at the time Mm. no one would comment on them right and that yeah i think it should be because like if they're going to be there that even if no character is explicitly commenting on it like there has to be framing from the point of view of the film and like the, even the way it's shot the reactions that we see you know silent moments whatever it is that that show like the reason that we are saying this sexism is bad in some way you know what I mean and and this movie doesn't it, it's like very cut and dry it's like what is good and what is bad and like the many many sexist like more microaggression you know things that are just sort of like sort of skated past yeah. Um, but justified because it's the it's period, you know. Right. And I felt like I also just felt like. I mean, yes, he is painted very obviously as the bad guy. Um, but I was like just definitely caught off guard by just how crazy some of the things. That, Lord Wessex. The, yes. The, that mm-hmm. Colin Firth yeah. said. Yeah. That like in one con con conversation, he was like, you know, is she obedient? As obedient as any mule in Christendom. <laughs> yeah. Is she fertile? Right. Will she breed? Like, yeah. And like obviously like you're meant to dislike him and see that he's not good for her. 
right and and and, yeah i mean that moment i think was meant to be like ugh, these two like her dad and her future husband but yeah but like it's really just about placing him as the bad guy and not actually analyzing the things that they're actually talking about yeah yeah and now i'm thinking too i'm like does shakespeare as he's portrayed, it's kind of what was the? There's another movie where we were talking about this, but uh, where like he doesn't really, he doesn't have any f- flaws, mm. right? I mean, he's kind of like the flaws are just circumstantial of like, like sometimes he gets writer's block. Exactly, yeah. But as a character, as like a being from the beginning, we are, I think, like he's just sort of perfect, and right. despite the know, fact that like. He has a wife and children mm-hmm. in Stratford. Yeah, which is mentioned a couple times, but but in a way that sort of shows that as like, oh, poor guy, he's bound to them and right. he doesn't want and to like be. it's like a you straw know? man obstacle <clears throat> to his relationship with Gwyneth Paltrow. Right, yeah, very. W- w- without him actually like explaining any context, mm-hmm. she's just like, I mean... Give and forget. Like right. Well, it was like because she learned about it and then she thought he was dead. And so then it's kind of like all that disappeared because I thought you were dead. And so right. like forget about it. Right. And then we don't actually address it. Oh, it was Braveheart that we were talking about this because it was William Wallace not having any flaws. But like, mm. n- but again, like a historical figure who is widely revered, right. you know, and seen as a genius or a hero, depending on which movie we're talking about, like uh, how it would become a different movie with an actual point of view if it was to give any of these men flaws right and this movie is not trying to have a point of view no the point of it is to just be fun with yeah with the period shakespeare theoretics Mm -hmm. yeah all right you convinced me and we've talked through this well done (gasps) (laughs) i know i think this might be the first time that's happened uh until i watched deer hunter and then probably it'll happen again because I know you said it's great. Oh yeah, because I, I was I was like, if you tell me that we're gonna have to get rid of deer. No, 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 no. I know. After you watch it. No, I don't know. Um. Okay, we're gonna get rid of Shakespeare in Love. Wow. Bye. Let's do it. Bye. Whew. Sorry, Harvey. Mm. Okay. Yeah, On that it. transitional note. It. Should we talk about Armageddon? Armageddon. Oh, my God. Okay, this is the top grossing movie of 1998, and I'll remind us this is a uh, totally impartial. Okay. Oh, section. Of this is of my I will synopsis. Try not to be too my synopsis is very impartial. So here we go, because it's impossible not to be impartial when just synopsizing this movie. It's a very impartial synopsis. Okay, uh, an Armageddon. All right, here we go. A massive meteor shower destroys a space shuttle and then bombards New York City in the very beginning of the movie. Whoa, um, that was okay. NASA impartial. Impartial. <clears throat> that part was impartial. That's what happens. Okay, NASA discovers that the meteors were just the beginning. There is a huge asteroid the size of Texas barreling straight for Earth, big enough to wipe out all life on the planet. Um, NASA scientists discuss several sciencey ideas, and then they decide that the only hope is to drill a deep shaft into the asteroid and plant a nuclear weapon into it so they can blow it up before it reaches Earth. But it's easier to teach drillers how to be astronauts than the other way around, so they recruit Harry Stamper, the best deep-sea oil driller in the world, for the mission. Harry is in the middle uh, of a fight with his daughter, Grace, uh, upset that she's dating a guy on his rig named AJ, who's a damn good driller, but he's just a little too hot-headed for his own good. Um, Harry tells NASA that he has to bring his whole team with him, so NASA trains this ragtag group of misogynistic, red-blooded Americans for a trip to space. 
the team trains for 12 days. Excuse me. I'm being super impartial. impartial. And then it's liftoff. <laughs> they have a pit stop on a Russian space station, which for some reason immediately explodes. And then they proceed to the real mission where they slingshot around the moon, land on the asteroid, and drill, baby, drill. Uh, it ain't easy, but luckily there's plenty of gravity on the asteroid, except when it's beneficial to the story for there not to be too much gravity. And despite some hiccups along the way, they manage to drill the hole. But one man has to stay behind and detonate the nuke because the trigger got damaged. So Harry sacrifices himself, has a heartfelt live stream video chat with Grace to say goodbye, because that's certainly possible in science. And as the countdown clock hits zero, he blows that SOB to smithereens. The crew immediately arrive back on Earth, uh, pretty instantaneously, and they are heroes. Any previous wrongdoing scrubbed clean from the minds of their exes, from strippers, cops, loan sharks, and the general public. Grace and AJ have a nice white wedding while the dulcet tones of Aerosmith play over the credits. That's my impartial synopsis. <laughs> I could this resist. movie had a $140 million budget and it grossed $553.7 million. Yikes. We had a number of people who were already famous. Uh, we've already spoken about Keith David and Platoon, as well as Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Steve Buscemi was also famous at this point, as was Will Patton, Charleston native baby. Ooh. Also, Crickets. Michael Bay. Um, oh, yeah. This was. Could you not tell from my synopsis? Yeah, this is. It's a Michael Bay uh, movie. Michael Bay's. Third movie. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So, uh, also, fun fact, he decided to be a film director after he, Raiders of the Lost Ark because he was, like, working as a... He was, like, filing the storyboards on Raiders of the like Lost Ark. Like an intern? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thought it was shit. <laughs> but then it was, like crazy successful and he was like man i want to be a film director so i can write something that seems like right. it's shitty and then have it be successful shitty movies that make a whole lot of money sign me I up i think i will i think i'll create that genre it shall become synonymous with my name <laughs> then uh all a number of his the vast majority of his uh movies are um have been done with jerry Bruckheimer, with uh, which this movie is uh who, by whom this movie is produced. This is his third film with him, uh, Bad Boys and The Rock were previous. The Rock is uh, his highest earning Rotten Tomatoes film. Wow. Uh, That's uh, significant. Oh. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, let's see. Billy Bob, you know, Billy Bob Thornton. This is two years after... He did Sling Blade, so he's a big old famo head. And then uh, <laughs> Peter Stormare, the Russian cosmonaut, mm-hmm. wild. But this is just the beginning of his like becoming big in America. He did Fargo, and he did mm, Art, uh, yeah. The Lost World, um, the second installment in the Jurassic Park franchise. But he is he was fucking huge globally, like big star in Sweden, and then was like the artistic director of the Tokyo Global Theater for like. For years before this, wow, not so crazy. Um, now, people who were pre-fame, Michael Clark Duncan, his breakout is seen as being in 1999 with uh, the Green Mile, but this is his first named role. Then, uh, Liv Tyler, even though she had like had a like breakout success a little bit with Aerosmith videos and a little bit with some like small art house films 
it's Lord of the Rings that she's like mostly known for. So this and this is pre that. And then also this is pre the Owen Wilson boom, which is considered Shanghai Noon. Owen Wilson killing it prime time killing it but why is he in this movie just <laughs> we'll i mean there. just long enough to drop some real fun quips Re- it's true oh man and then we're just yep. oh we're this is in the first part of space we haven't yeah, even gotten to outer, outer space. space yet it's true um but then yeah and then the big star maker for this uh ben affleck mm-hmm. this is the movie that turned him into a leading man that he then rode out in a series of flops for the next five years before going off and then becoming a uh then now the director that he is today mm-hmm. uh M- michael bay apparently did not want to cast him in this movie mm. jared burkheimer was like no don't worry he's gonna be a star mm. and then so he was like all right ben lose a shit ton of weight and cap your fucking teeth and <laughs> he did that's and why his teeth yeah, look so nice and so white nice. wow yeah so uh, <laughs> they, he had those drill baby drill. Yeah. So um, and he does a lot of work on um, he has founded like he founded a some charity. Uh, he founded a nonprofit in the eastern Congo that like does that is a grant lending organization to uh, domestic Congolese charities and uh, like grant initiatives. And he also has done work for like the paralyzed vets of America. Um, while he has been subject to Me Too allegations, he is also uh, basically he has been subject to Me Too allegations. He has uh, owned up and apologized to them. Um, regardless of that, it they just don't seem to have affected him. That without like impartially, mm. those these are just factual things, and it ha- does not seem to have affected very much the trajectory his of his career mm-hmm. or personal life. And then uh, he also, because of the Harvey Weinstein uh, incident, or because of Harvey Weinstein, he has donated all future Miramax uh, profits to organizations that help sexual assault victims. Wow. So even though he was seen as and held up by Rose McGowan as one of the people who was a not perpetuator, but um, somebody who looked the other way during his years of abuse, mm-hmm. he is trying to make amends. Yeah, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rose McGowan has since mitigated her initial words, which he did not actually fight. He was like, I don't, it's, he was like, that's not exactly what I understood was happening. Um, but mm. yes, yes, yes. And yes. Mm. And also is taking action in terms of like money. Mm-hmm. And then the relevance of this B boy is, um, I don't want to miss a thing. By Aerosmith. Close my eyes. Uh, and then no something that was crazy was in a in a very shocking hoax. The footage of the of Atlantis blowing up, like the in the when the first meteor shower destroys that orbiter that's in space. Oh, oh yes, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of Atlantis under the sea. Nope. Continue. Uh, that footage was. Like 
you like set up in some sort of hoax by news organizations when uh the Columbia shuttle exploded and like some news organizations ended up airing that clip. What? Yeah, no, like do you remember when the Malaysian flight went down and there mm-hmm. was that whole thing of the the pilot names and that like some intern had like put in false pilot names? No. Oh, that was like a big deal. Um okay. but it was a similar situation. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just not understanding. You're saying when Columbia, when the Columbia up, shuttle exploded, that the news organizations, as if it was footage of Columbia, they used this. Is that okay? I'll just keep talking. That's what he's saying. Okay. So now I understand. Okay. Yes. And then the other thing was that this movie is. Oh my god! I'm like kind of choked to death. But please don't. I think we talked in a previous podcast about boogers coming up through the nose and going down the mouth. And oh, that is what I'm joking about. I just yeah. want everyone to know. Why? Um, Why do we have to know? But uh, the movie Deep Impact came out two months earlier than this. And it is the writer alleges that uh, there was a, a an executive at Disney when he was pitching Deep Impact who took notes and then used those to effectively steal Mm. the movie um it came out two months beforehand and is widely seen as being much more scientifically accurate but yes there is a large meteor it's heading to earth the astronauts drill Mm. into the ship the large portion of the astronaut crew uh, dies. They blow, but they manage to blow up the asteroid. It splits into two, but they're still headed to Earth. Hmm. Like, well, yeah, yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. So, um, and that came out two months before Armageddon. Two months before Armageddon. Hmm. Um, and while it has only forty-eight percent on, or like, like something forty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, Armageddon has thirty-eight. So Ooh, there you go. Likes. Um, are we? Let's ready? please. Yeah. Three. Get rid of this fucking movie. <laughs> oh my god. I can't handle this movie. Was it the Titanic esque opening <sighs> music? Um, it was very Titanic esque. Right. It was everything. From the first moment where there's a narrator's voice going, 60, oh, how many 65? years ago? 65 million years ago, an asteroid this six miles wide destroyed. And then I, as soon as that was over, and then it was like 65 million years later. And I was like, uh, later than that narrator saying that? or <laughs> And who is this narrator from the moment? I mean, this movie has sexism buried in its bones and it's lifeblood all, all the way to the core that's drilling stuff and, uh, and not just sexism but uh f- everything that is bad about america <laughs> you know like yeah uh just in terms of like the paid the like fake image of patriotism and like uh like, like old old-fashioned good american values is just is what this movie is and it's so disgusting and it's such propaganda like if this movie was the same thing but like set in china with where all every time we see a a, an american flag we saw like a chinese flag or like a north korea we'd be like oh yeah no big surprise because they're they're just flashing their propaganda look at all those subliminal places where like their flag is placed but we can't Mm -hmm. see it because it's 
hours. Like it's so insane. It's just insane that it, it's such propaganda. It's, it makes me also sick. yeah. I couldn't believe like there were so many moments where I was like, this is bizarre. Like Republican propaganda, just with the fact that like Bruce Willis uh-huh. is like a hilarious, you know, lovable. Like he's funny for being that goddamn red-blooded American man. Yep. Hitting golf balls at Greenpeace oh as he God. drills in the South China Sea. Right. I'm like, Wait and he loves we, his daughter. Are we pro drilling? Like, is this movie pro what? Oh, this and movie, then, yeah. This movie is so anti those silly hippies in the boat saying stop drilling in the ocean. Yeah. And like yeah. at one point, I had, I like, I have a note at one point that's like, did, did Exxon pay for this film? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like, what is happening? And then, uh, <sighs> also, there's just moments where, like, when they're making all their demands, when he's like, and uh, none of these men w- want to pay taxes again. Right. Ever. And I'm like, kind man, of. I bet so many fucking assholes were like, yeah, yeah, yeah no taxes again. Yeah, God, fuck yeah. Fuck I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. God. Ugh. And it's so crazy. Like, there, th- all the times, so there's all these moments in the movie where, like, there's dramatic, you know, there's voiceover or music and it's showing us like snippets of people all over the world and like mm. how they're reacting to what's happening or just what they're doing. And, you know, for every, if there's like 80% of them, maybe 70% of them are like working class white people in rural America, right. like, it dressed also like they're in a different time. No, I was like, like what it is this looks movie like it's like place? the They'd... '60s, but yeah. everything else is present day. Right. But they're like in like old dusty overalls with crew cuts and like little girls in like long flowery dresses, yeah, very running strange. down like a sunset. There's like sun setting behind like an like a jeep from the '60s and like a little clapboard right. church it with like no signs. It like, makes what? America look the like fuck? it's still in the depression. Yeah, like, it's so. It very which bizarre. is like such a it's so clearly a like yeah the those are the real those americans the, yeah, you know exactly and uh, also I, and also i was like man the the astronaut much like independence day seems to have targeted the population centers because like we see it yeah. in new york we see it at paris we see it hit shanghai but like why didn't one of those motherfuckers take out somewhere in nebraska you know mm-hmm. like right yeah what uh, what the fuck yeah yeah uh, 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 uh Yes, and oh wait, sorry, keep going. Well, uh, you know, there there was a uh, also there were just some moments where I was like, hold the fucking phone. Where so at the top of the movie, yes, okay, asteroid yes. is sighted. Yes, yes, there's 18 days. Then cut to South China Sea. AJ gets fired while he is being yes. brought to NASA. Then he's like, I'm gonna assemble a team. Goes to assemble a team and AJ has, has his, his own, own oil company. field with his own company. And it says AJ's drilling. I'm like, wait a minute. You so did this in just, one day? What, how did he get this? This what is this like white male privilege? I was able to get a loan and buy right. a fucking oil field. And in like it's already day. drilling. Yeah. And okay, yes. And there are and you done good for yourself here, AJ, in right, a day. In twenty four hours. That's yeah. kind of impressive. Okay, and I mean there's so many inconsistencies and ridiculous things. I just eventually just couldn't take any more notes on all these things but uh the so the first thing that we see is the asteroid 
destroying so much in New York City. Yeah. And then, but then the whole show, the whole movie is like, we have to keep this quiet. We don't want like, panic. Yeah, what did you think and I'm like, happened I'm sorry. Wh- who's, right. There's been no news reports since New York City was like destroyed by asteroids. And right. then only later, like, suddenly the news gets out. I'm like, this is right. insane. Obviously, everybody knows something is happening. Also, Ugh. just like it reminded me again of an Independence Day because we have like all of these scientists. Like, the idea yes. is oh, only America can see that oh this thing God. is coming. And so America's going to deal with it without international cooperation. Right. So we Let's have the not smartest tell minds, anybody. But then, what's the. It was like in the right. most American way possible, the smartest mind in America is a British guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Who immediately. I mean, what's he's. A, what's smarter than American? A British man working for America. Right. And then, as soon as. I mean, they tell us he's the smartest. He's basically the smartest man in the world. But right. as soon as Bruce Willis meets him, he. Bruce Willis is so clearly knows so much more than this. This guy makes him look yeah. foolish. And it's like, oh, no, the real smartest guy. Because we don't care about those brain smarts right. that they got, got in Britain. Got we smarts. care about the Brink hearts smarts. and the, the big arms. Yeah. Who really, but who also know how to assemble a drill. I'll be I mean, damned if my girl grew up to marry a, a roughneck. roughneck. <sighs> and then there's all the fucking sexism stuff. My God, this movie. Every Okay, not even just the big things, which are everywhere and obvious, but every reference point made in this movie is in itself misogynistic like the the nasa people when they're talking about the all the different ways they could do stuff and they're talking about putting the the um nuclear warhead like inside the bomb they're talking like versus uh like okay they're doing the example of like if you hold a firecracker in your hand with your open palm you know you burn your hand if you put your hand around close your fingers around it then your wife's gonna be opening your ketchup bottles for the rest of your life like everything is just like are you why what you know what i mean like it's at its core is just like every reference point the the asteroid being named dotty and it's like a com- comedic like comic this, moment when like this dude is like will destroy anything yeah, that comes in right name it after my wife and then obviously like grace who i do not know how old she is supposed to be and that is very troubling but because she all she simultaneously is like the men who have grown up around her are talking about her as if she's like just hitting puberty because they're like she's exploring her body you know she's growing up well, well, but also like, oh my god body, yeah right you know? just, she's urges. just up. You know, she's got these urges but then also she's like running some part of the company it seems like because she's yeah. like greeting the tourists and yeah god and those it's just like the scenes i mean it's just i don't even know that same scene where also, owen wilson why is like she's those, exploring why was, why was when she was 13 getting her period and rock out had to show her how to use oh, a tampon god why was she on the oil rig because it was made abundantly clear that none of these people live in the same place no exactly where widespread how across is the she country. where has she been going to school right. ever also where? she is like her mom utterly erased utterly erased when, Will, when bruce just willis left us. has his like life pass before his eyes a it's all just gracie and then it's also <laughs> really creepy. zero her mom. No, zero her mom. Like, zero not anything. her being it's born, and crazy. there's, like, a woman there. No, no, it's, it's just... she just was, she appeared, and then that bitch, you know, goodbye. But, like, the the whole, uh, like, they, it's both showing her, at, like, nobody, all these men who, like, are in one breath say she's, like, a daughter to us, too. The next breath say she's fucking hot to her dad and he's just yeah. like okay guys enough's enough you know and uh, the iconic scene of like the animal crackers going down her with you know her Ooh, tummy what's it? 
Yeah. What? Her, going down a what's it oh. towards a who's it? <laughs> what? Um, but it's just so okay. The she's wearing this like silky, sexy, lacy black bra, and then these like white Weird. virginal underwear and it's such a perfect encapsulation of what this movie is trying to do to her because she's both like the symbol for or, or whether it's doing to all yeah. women because women are just like sex objects but also then some of them really just grace are like pure and need to be protected and it's just like i couldn't the costuming in that one moment encapsulated this whole stupid movie for also, me like he puts <sighs> the animal cracker in her underwear Ugh, Which gross. last time I checked, I don't know too many women who are interested in crumbly no. uh, biscuits in the britches. <laughs> biscuits in the britches. But also, like, what are you British? He kisses her side, mm-hmm. and then goes up to like make out with her. I'm like, dude, you're about to like be fucking dry thrusting. And there's still and an there's animal cracker be, yeah, in there. Yeah, get that animal cracker like, out of there. Get that animal cracker out of those uh, britches. Right. And then also, like, I guess I buy a world in which he's, like, moving an animal cracker across her boobies. But what I don't buy is that she's just got her open. Now, granted, I, I, I've spent my time between the herbs and the burbs. So I don't really know what it's like in rural America, but I just can't believe that she's so comfortable having her dress like all the way down open outside. Well, I think they're going to, I believe that that certain, like people have sex outside when it's, and they, it's rural again. Like we were just, Julie and I were just talking about Iowa places where you gotta drive miles and miles and miles to even get to a gas station. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, I I hear you. I buy that. But I also like everything. But also though, there's the moment in the hangar where he's like taking her shoulder off. No, my god, I'm like shoulder off. Licking the wound. No, and it's so perfect. The note I have is like, man, Gracie's like. Just totally cool with well, lots of public sex. Like, and this is the whole thing is their whole relationship that we see is just like him making weird choices about what to do yeah. to her and her silently uh, yeah. agreeing to it. Because whether it's the animal cracker thing, it's like some weird joke that he's created where she just sits and giggles to it. The hanger, he's like taking her clothes off while her dad sort of watches. Uh, and then before he leaves on the actual flight, he just like starts singing leaving on a jet plane to her and she just kind of laughs and smiles yeah, she's the one and it's person just like scene, who doesn't, who sing, doesn't sing it yeah. yeah uh also the like hanger scene i was just when i was watching i was like oh yeah it's so nice five o'clock when everyone in nasa just goes home for the day and it's nice and empty right you know, and i was like what is you could just find an empty hanger, hanger wherever you want a piece of multi-million dollar government equipment yeah um, i also could not believe i mean by this point i should have believed it because of everything else but in the end, when they're like f- trying to get off of the get the spaceship started again, so they can leave the asteroid before the warhead has to blow up. Oh, uh, yeah, the no. f- only female astronaut Ooh. on the team who, f- right from the, I literally before, bef- so the first time we meet her, she's like giving them instructions on how to not die in space, and none of the men have spoken yet. And I was like, fifty bucks. The first thing that we hear from one of these men is about how hot she is, and yes, that's exactly. Somebody was like. She's kind of hot, right? But then, so then she's the only woman on the team. And at the end, and she, her role seemingly is about like the 
the technical, like the ship itself yeah, and like, like fixing it there, and like communication. Pilot, yeah. And in the end, when like the ship's not working, she like goes down and she's like working on the engine and whatever. And then the Russian guy literally pulls, throws her off the thing, hits it with a crowbar and it works. Right. And she couldn't get it to work because she's just a woman following the rules, doing her, using her woman brain. Right. But what we need is a dude's strength hitting it with a crowbar and then right. the spaceship works. Also like, saying, again, another, in my mind, like very Republican, very sort of 90s male, <laughs> making every dad laugh, going... American components, yeah, Russian components, all made in Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. I'm like, ah, fucking, oh my God. The uh, 40-year-olds across the world just fucking laugh till they piss mm-hmm. themselves in their dockers, and their pleated <laughs> dockers. Um, also, there's a moment where, like, Steve Buscemi, uh, something that's fun is... Uh, uh, space dementia. Oh my God, he's not got a thing. space dementia. Oh God, he's got space I know dementia. it's so not a it's thing. Just not a thing. Uh, um, it's but yeah, so the funny. movie's pro drilling. Um, she is inexplicably on the oil, the oil rig. Also, um, there's just so many moments of saying exposition. Mm. If it either the the asteroid in the beginning, or you know. Him walking with uh, Chick, and he's and Chick is trying to get him not to shoot AJ with a shotgun, and he's like, "Now come on, now you you promised to protect him. Also, he's the best man. He's the best damn man you got in your crew." And so you're like, "All right, so he's now we know because it's been said that he's a great oil driller. Now we also know because it's been said that Bruce Willis has to protect him. So when he draws the short straw and he's going to be the one mm-hmm. to die. Oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. He is sworn to protect him. Um, uh, but really, he, the main reason he needs him to live is so that he can protect his daughter, Gracie. And yeah, then also, uh, there is a couple things. One, they, there, we talked about like the wildly... Could, the, the amazing things that people are able to do in just a nowhere amount, nothing amount of time. Um, when they're given 10 hours of leave, again, they all disperse across the country, across the country and then return together to some right. expensive strip club. And then I also hated that, like, you know, Ugh. like chick was able to go and find the woman uh, that hates him, who then immediately like seeing him fucking, fucking eight shit. hours later is like, that's, that's not dad. a salesman. That's your daddy. Right. Which is, and again, like, this is the whole, like, literally when she sees him, she's like, you're not allowed, you, you can't just come around like this. The court, like, the I have a right. court order saying you yeah. can't. Like, the reality of the subtext of that is huge, you know? Yeah. But it's, as soon as she sees him looking like an American hero, all that doesn't matter. It's just like, oh, he's such a good man. And we're supposed, and that whole, I think that scene when he's like, she's telling him he can't see his kid. We're supposed to feel bad for chick. We're not supposed to feel like the implications of like who this guy has been until now. It's just sort of, you know, you can't see him and he's just like, well, please just give him this gift from his daddy. Right. Right. And it's just, it's so troubling. But then also he's like, I think you might be proud of me. I'm like, what is a, what like weird this is weird because also the kid doesn't recognize him at all which means the kid hasn't seen him in a long time yeah. he's not a baby right the kid's like no he's six five, yeah five or and six. so that means he has not seen that kid in a very long time and not only to have like 
right he has no visitation or anything God. like it's just like yeah again for the court to have ordered like zero visitation means that something pretty bad happened yeah it wasn't yeah. good you know and because they seem to make good money mm-hmm. like excellent money so if he's got lots of money but cannot see his kid something happened. bad shit was going down but like that's all wiped away, and years and years of just not really being around him at all. So they don't really know one another anymore. Mm-hmm. Gone. Gone. They Doesn't matter. He's a hero. Yeah. He's a fucking hero. Also, uh, I'm sorry. Um, first televised debates were in uh, the the Kennedy and and Nixon debates um, in the in. The, the, the in 1960 around there uh tear me apart online no 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 um around there and then also reagan very telegenic president um so why <laughs> do we have this bizarre fdr like presentation of a president who's like talking over the radio we never meet with the all the lights out in the white house like we people never are listening <laughs> on their radios to this and also there's a boy listening to a radio, holding it to his ear while he wears headphones that are plugged into that radio. (laughs) I was like, what the, I'm sorry. And then also it pans to like in, in a, in an equally trivializing way, like pans, it doesn't look cuts to different cultures, all praying the asteroid away. And it's like, you know, multiple scenes of France, but then also I, at first I thought it was like a generalized mosque, but it's the Hagia Sophia, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And then it's like, like Western world, uh, Muslim world, uh, Indian world. Is it a Hindu site? No, it's actually a Muslim site. Ah, who cares? Let's just put a bunch of Indians in there. I was like, I was like, get like a, there are, major hindu temples this is well right yeah um, i mean it was just this is a Muslim again site. well they didn't yeah. have time to do those things because they, they have, had I mean, google didn't they, exist back then. well and they had to spend most of the screen time showing these working class white people they just had to true. so they didn't have they true, couldn't fit it in true. if they wanted Look, and i'm sure they wanted i'm you not know. here to fight you on that yeah i mean you know yeah like i'm d- there's also, just yeah. like, like there's too many things to even this movie sucks I'm done. Uh, Also, something that I thought was even, like, was just so fucking crazy was that they blow off of the asteroid. They re-enter Earth at the landing strip for the space center. (laughs) Right, they touch down like a plane. I'm like, there's a reason that almost every actual spaceship lands in the ocean. Yeah. It's because it's like you impossible. You can't do that. Oh from my god! The, I mean, from space, science to land on a goddamn. I mean, this—it's just that's that was so funny. I know it just like so gently stupid. touches down. Oh god! Also, I wondered like, I feel like other nations would then have to like sue America because like if it is a a matter of like international importance. Mm-hmm. To then have, to then exclude other nations, like, like if France, if all of Paris is destroyed, 
and France was not alerted so that even if it had the ability, it could have been, even though if it wouldn't have been able to do much, it would have had the ability to be looking at the sky, maybe alert people in some regard, even if they did it futilely. Like, well, right. The fact that they have withheld this information from the international community, I feel like could be seen as a violation of international law. Sure. Uh, the problem, though, of I course, the is that... the folks over at CERN would be like, uh, Keska fuck. <laughs> yes. America. Right. But, of course, the only telescopes that can actually see it are all oh, in the U.S., true. so it wouldn't even matter. Uh, but it is crazy. But, but all this time, days have passed. They've been obviously only looking at this asteroid, and suddenly they're like, huh, in 15 minutes, all of South Asia is going to get wiped out by a piece of the asteroid. We don't have time to warn them. And I'm like, have you not been looking at this thing right. for the last week? Like, you'd have 15 minutes. Suddenly you didn't yeah. realize because probably you didn't care because it wasn't hitting the U.S. So, like, right. who cares? But, like, oh, my God. Also, like, they approach the asteroid. And there's, and the like, the there's the, like, oh, my God, we got a lot of debris here. Oh, we got a lot of debris. Mm -hmm. Push, push, push. Oh, we're getting, we're taking a lot of debris here. We've been hit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Every moment. The debris. Drama. Has to be the An first thing that you predicted. And like, right. while I understand that a fucking screw, if a spaceship hits a screw in, in orbit, it will burrow through that spacecraft and destroy it. I, I, I take that into consideration. It is no small thing. If they're flying into this asteroid and they hit debris, it's like virtually impossible to protect against that. Sure. But it like has to, they can't be surprised. Well, no. By they and it. they said, I mean, it did, for no reason inexplicable, they were like when you when they're talking about the plan, they're like, well, when you swing slingshot around, you'll come up on it and, you know, there shouldn't be too much debris hopefully. But like why do you think that? And if there is debris, what is your plan? Like that you're obviously right. you're coming up behind this thing that's already been splintering off and destroyed New York. Like, you know, there's going to be something. It's not just one perfect rock. It's also, yeah, crazy. if they're coming up behind it, what do they call it? They call it a fucking tail. It doesn't have a head. Mm -hmm. It's got a fucking tail. Right. All the shit that is attached to this thing by gravity is behind it. Yeah. Like, in yeah. fucking same. And all the things that the astronauts, the actual astronauts had to do, they did wrong. Except, but the things that the drillers did, they had, they ended up saving the day. Like, right. except for the one Russian astronaut who, you know, gets rid of this woman and does the right thing. But like the two astronaut, the astronauts who were on one of the shuttles, the one that like didn't make it, they are the only ones who died from that shuttle because they, I think, because they weren't wearing their whole suit, even though everybody else was wearing their whole suit. So they died. Well, and they all, they were. I mean, I guess they, what they weren't wearing is their safety belts um, yeah. because they were sucked out of the spacecraft, whereas, like, Owen... Well, yeah, no, they all made else... it into the cargo bay. Not the pilots, though. They were no, literally... No, no, no. no but oh, they okay. literally said, lock yourselves in the cargo bay. Uh -huh. And then there was, like, all these, like, all this shrapnel that then hit Owen Wilson, and he right. couldn't get his and helmet he on, so it went in yeah. and, like, killed him. But then the other one driving the other shuttle you know, missed the landing point. So he did his job wrong. It's like all the astronauts yeah. did their jobs wrong. And so all the roughnecks had to right. do even more to save the day and right. figured out how to do it. Yeah. It, it's <sighs> like, it, yeah, it's just that like, 
earthy smarts that knows better than the book learning. Exactly. Yeah. Can we be done with this? Ugh, I, just, I guess. I'm done but with this movie. my, I, I just, I did love. I just, I loved. I thought Owen Wilson was pretty great. He was pretty movie. great. And also, uh, just when he was like, so what do we expect up there? And then there, he, she was like, you know, hundred, you know, 200 degrees below zero, then uh, 200 degrees Fahrenheit when it, when during daylight, and then you know, random explosions of volcanic activity. Oh, okay, so scariest environment imaginable. Yeah, Why do you just, you just say that, scariest yeah. environment imaginable? No, he and was then, funny, except yeah. he had no purpose. Like, okay, the well, people... He was a geologist. Well, the people... Okay. No, sure. that was listed by. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, the people yeah. we met on the rig, because it seemed as though we were going to meet all the people, and then it'd be like, oh, and now we're going to bring those people back. Right. Yeah. He, he wasn't was on that on the rig, rig, and neither was some other guy who just, who just I don't know what his dies. job was, but he died. Yeah. Uh, uh, nor was the big guy. He was on the rig. He was oh, on the, the rig? big. Oh no, the big guy was not on the rig. The yeah, one getting the tattoo. Not the guy with the tattoo. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, he was. He was not on the rig either. It's like, why did you not introduce like, these, why are these people? Because the they the weren't with you when you were actually doing the drilling. Right. It's like maybe they were good at something else, but like yeah. for the drilling itself. Also, yeah. I just, I do, I do want to talk. Just so briefly, this is my getting my heart rate up, and about, I'm. Uh, I just, just so stressed by this movie. I. I just Will Patton. I'm a big old Stan. I I have I've I've met him. He's a cool guy. But also just him in like when they're trying to deal with the when the the try the sergeant or the colonel or whatever is about to like enact the contingency plan, and he's like, mm-hmm. I just thought he, he was great in it. Like while they're doing like a machismo pissing contest, he's like. Oh, oh, hey, what? I, I got you. Now, why don't we just, why don't we just turn the bomb off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? You know what? Wait, I hear you. Leslie, what? We got to turn this bomb off uh-huh. right now. You know yeah. this? We, we, we gotta get this. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I like you, man. You mm-hmm. got, you are, you sure, got some charisma. You had a, a moment. That remember the Titans charisma, baby. That's right. I don't know. Um, he's, he rubs me the wrong way. This really? Thing, yeah. I just don't believe him. I believe he's always like very conscious of himself. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It always looks like he's like, Really, I'm really acting here. Yeah. I'm trying. I don't know. Uh, That's just sorry, sorry. Will Patton. Will Patton. That's his Will name. Will Patton. Yeah. yeah. You just you're blinded by the Charleston thing. How you know? dare you? I know. All right. Oh, oh, goodbye. Wow. It feels good to be done with that movie. I don't want to watch that movie ever again. I don't um, want anyone to ever watch that movie again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me. To. Also. Uh, uh. Just the depiction of New York in the 90s, I thought, was particularly awful. And I know that Eddie Griffin is his own comedian with his own comedic brand that was pretty big at the time. And so, like, it, you know, is fine, is funny, and probably a a, a lot of it originates from him. But I'm also like... Mm -mm. Do we have no, to, it's just so many all these stereotypes. His character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it's an equal opportunity stereotype machine, this movie, but it's sure it's sure a stereotype machine. Mm. Okay, are we done? Are you done? Coming up Please in 1999, we got Star Wars Episode One, and okay, and um, I don't think we can, you don't think we can, we do can't it? watch American Beauty. I mean, we do know that we can't keep it because it's got well, case space. Seducing a minor. Exactly. So there's no reason to watch it, and I, it's so crazy though because I used to, I oh. used to say that was my favorite movie. 
I loved I it. Loved I love that movie. I, I mean, it. Yeah, I fucking love that fucking, movie. Yeah, no. I bought that. That was my DVD next to Shakespeare, right next to Shakespeare in Love. I loved that movie, and it's so. And I was just reading an article about like this, uh, just how many people, obviously, but like women, like realizing, you know, later in life, especially if you are coming to later in life, like to end by later in life, I mean, like you know, past twenty five or something, like today, like how looking back at all these stories that we devoured as romance that were just essentially like a Lolita story. You know what I mean? But that like, even cause I just am like, how did I love this movie and think it was like beautiful? You know what I mean? But like, yeah. we just for so long have, that's what we've been told romance that we've been told that those stories are romantic or something like I, so I just like <clears throat> the only reason that I, I feel like just saying this stuff about it now is like all we need to say, but like, I just don't, yeah, I, we can't, I just can't watch that movie. Well, but we could do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I mean, which could be interesting. I don't that, know. Yeah, we've never done a game show. Could be bad. Uh, or we could do some good songs. There's some interesting songs. There are, I mean, are you not content with the way that I I mean, I the love songs? that I... way. Or we could just do what's the other, what's the movie? Oh, Star Wars Episode One. That'd We're be a really anticlimactic thing. Um, we'll see. We'll tell you what we end. You'll find out next week. It'll be a big, big there surprise. Are some good ones. Baby, one more but time. But for now, I know. God. No scrubs. I'm gonna live in La Vida Loca. I know that's the number one song. Every I think. morning, it's crazy. Genie in a bottle. Yeah, I know. Kiss me by Sixpence None Kiss the Richer. Me. Kiss God, me by Sixpence None the Richer was number six that year. Conspiracy, maybe. Uh, okay. Oh, because of Sixpence. Sixpence, okay. none the richer. We are Rock Rising Sixth Productions podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, follow us at Should We Keep This? Follow Rock Rising. Follow us, Stephen Moskus. Follow me if you really want to. Whatever, please don't. Really comment, um, uh, I'm going to take us off with a... On the podcast. Please on do. Apple please Music. do. It's so nice. It's so nice to see Just those. Tell your friends. With a hide your kids. Hide your wife. Let them listen to sweet hours and hours of Should We Keep This? Haiku. Hide your wife, really? Excuse me. Wow. Don't act like wow. you weren't conscious in 2005 wow. hearing that song everywhere. Okay. 1998. Here we go. And hide your husbands, too. That is the, that's the third line. And hide your husbands, too. Are you ready for these yeah. syllables? Lace bra, white undies. Oh, for a muse of boobies. Thank you, men. Thank you. Yeah, as long as you did it, because it was, it was. <laughs> what? It, 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 no, <laughs> it was five, seven, five. Bra, white, white undies. undies. Oh. Oh, for a muse of boobies. Oh, for a muse of boobies. No, no. What'd you say? That's what I said. And that's seven. You just, I just saw your fingers. I know, count but I counted seven. before. Oh, no, in that case, undies, the, then it's four. Lace bra, white undies. Oh, for a muse okay. of boobies. Look, no. Thank you, men. Exactly. Thank oh, you. American it, syllables. It, Russian syllables. No, haikus are Japanese. Or Chinese. They're Asian. Whoa. I hope ah! you cut that. They are Japanese. Wow. I, that's the one I said first. Uh, and then you said a whole bunch of other things. Well, you know, uh, there are American haikus. I'm sure that there are Chinese haikus. What um, is the problem, though? There was a 575. And it was uh, yo, haiku, the problem so is I that I miscounted, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you for admitting the problem. Are, these things, this is all, are we still on? Are we, <laughs> are we still rolling? Are we still hot sexy rolling left? <laughs> Oh, man.
This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.